Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. And before we get into uh, the experience that we're going to read from ions.org, we're going to share an experience by a listener, and this was the listener's brother that had the experience. And it's very interesting with a great question at the end. So, uh, she says, I wanted to share an experience my younger brother, we'll call him Jason, had. I can't say whether or not it was a near-death experience, but with all the researching you've been doing, I'm curious to see if you've ever heard about experiences after a near-death experience. Jason has been a type 1 diabetic since he was 6. In 2009 to 2010, when he was 16 years old, he came down with the swine flu, H1N1. Jason was rushed to Boston Children's Hospital and placed in a medically induced coma due to encephalitis and diabetic complications. The doctor didn't think he would make it and advised my parents to fly one of my brothers back to California to say goodbye. My parents even had a priest read his last rites in the hospital. An experimental medicine was used as a last resort, and somehow Jason got better. Jason is shy and embarrassed of his diabetes, and he shared something with me about how he viewed everything in the hospital from the corner of the room. Jason could recall conversations that happened word for word while he was in a coma, and he remembers watching our father cry at the end of his hospital bed. Jason never mentioned seeing God or anything like that. I don't know if he would tell me even if he did. Years passed, and Jason mentioned ever since that experience in the hospital, he had weird episodes randomly where he felt like he would float out of his body and view certain things from above. This would happen while in school, in the middle of class, where he would rise up almost as if he was floating and viewing everything from the ceiling area. He would get a little frantic inside without trying to alarm others and come back to reality. This would happen while watching TV at home as well, where the TV got extremely small and far away as if he was watching from above. Jason mentioned... He knows it sounds crazy, and it's hard to explain. He's never told anyone this except for me, probably because he knows I'm open to these types of things. Although I don't know if this is deemed a near-death experience or not, I don't know if Jason had any religious experience while in a coma, but I do find it interesting that right after this ordeal he got a religious tattoo of Mother Mary. Have you ever heard of anyone having these random experiences after a near-death or out-of-body experience? I would love to hear your take on it. Well, first off, thank you so much for emailing me. What an incredible experience. And I'll say up front, absolutely, this is, in every sense of the word, a near-death experience. And uh, though you may hear me reading, you know, a lot of the experiences where you know, they come out of the body and then they go up into the clouds and, you know, the, they, they see God or whatever like that, that the vast majority of near-death experiences are exactly this kind of experience. They're just maybe hovering over their body or they sense that they're hovering over their body or they can see their body from above and looking down at it. 
Uh, that part absolutely is a near-death experience. And the experiences that follow, the weird episodes of randomly seeming to float out of his body, they, whether you would call them near-death experiences or just out-of-body experiences, I would definitely call them out-of-body experiences. But this is a very characteristic uh, after-effect of a near-death experience. When people have had a near-death experience, I don't know what it is or why it is, but the research has been, I mean, so incredibly clear that many, many people, if not the majority of people who have some kind of, of out-of-body experience surrounding a, uh, a life-threatening situation, um, they will very often have either increased intuitiveness, increased spiritual-mindedness, uh, increased... Um, activity with spirits or or increased out-of-body experiences after having that initial near-death experience. So Jason is absolutely experiencing what is very characteristic of these kinds of things that we're talking about. And I wouldn't be surprised if he had seen more than either what he said or what he remembers. It's possible that he's forgotten some, but at the same time, it doesn't make a difference. Many people don't have any further experience. In fact, probably the majority of near-death experiences are hovering over the body for a time and then going back into the body. That is, that is classic near-death experience stuff. I, you know, it, what he's experiencing is not only um, heard of, but it's very common. It's actually very common. And it's something that most people don't speak of because they people think they're crazy or whatever. And when you start asking around a little bit, people either say, oh, you're crazy. Or they say, oh, yeah, that happened to me. Or, oh, yeah, that happened to my mom. Or, you know, somebody they know had an experience like that. It's it's ridiculously common, but we we don't usually talk about it because society hasn't yet embraced the idea yet. But they're gonna have to soon. It's getting, it's getting a little silly how much we're, we're uh, sweeping this stuff under the rug. It's not like UFO sightings, it, you know, where you know some guy in Texas had this experience and saw this thing, and everybody across the nation has heard the story, or or you know those in strange circles and so forth. And you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to. To diss on UFO sightings, what I'm trying to say is that uh, is that those are uncommon. Most people have not seen UFOs and don't know anybody who has, though they may have heard a story on the internet or whatever like that. But with near-death experiences, those who ask and and you know are open to the possibility end up hearing of people that they know very well that have had them. It, as it turns out, it it appears that about one in ten people who have had a really close brush with death have had a near-death experience. That's really high numbers. I mean, how many people do you know that have either died or nearly died? And if at least a tenth of those people have had near-death experiences, then you probably know several people who have had near-death experiences. Obviously, the younger you are, the less aware you are of some of the life events of people around you. But, uh, but uh, especially if you start asking. It reminds me of a, of a story that I heard 
of somebody who was speaking at a conference, uh, some presenter at a conference, um, uh, to medical professionals um, talking about near-death experiences in order to make them aware of them so that they're not telling people they're crazy if they've had these experiences. And, uh, and one doctor raises his hand and says, I have been a surgeon for 30 years, and I have not once heard of an experience like this. How do you explain that? And another guy, just a few rows away from him, raises his hand and says, That man is my surgeon. Now, I've had a near-death experience under his care, but I'll be danged if I'm going to tell him about it. <laughs> and that just illustrates to me, it depends on your openness. You're not going to hear about these things if you're not open to hearing about it. And, of course, people don't know if you're open to hearing about it unless they hear from you something that gives them the impression that you are open to it. Uh, and so, you know, that's why I tell people, share, lightly share experiences. It doesn't have to be your own personal ones. You could say something like, oh, I heard this interesting story on the internet. What do you think about this? You know, and and if you express the idea that, I think there's something going on there. I think there's something real about it. I can almost guarantee you, just about anybody you talk to, will have something. They'll say, you know, I don't believe in this stuff, but my grandma had this experience. Or they may say, you know, I've wondered about that because I had an experience one time that I didn't, wasn't able to explain. I don't know what it means, but this is what it was. And then they share an experience. Anyway, went a little far with that going on. But the uh, point is, this is absolutely characteristic of near-death experience. Uh, of a near-death experience and uh, absolutely this is you know goes along with things that I've studied so uh, you can tell Jason he is not crazy and he is not alone there are so many people who have had it had this kind of experience it would be interesting you know depending on how close you are and depending on how open he is to talking more about this asking him about other things that he feels like have changed since his near-death experience, whether he's felt, you know, like you said about uh, the religious tattoo of Mother Mary, if, if that seemed um, out of character and so forth, it's very possible that it's because he's begun to have more interest in spiritual things. And, and so there's that. It'd be interesting to ask him whether he feels more connected to people or whether he can maybe understand them a little bit better. Might be a way to approach it, you know, so that you're not saying, can you read thoughts or what? Because he's going to be like, what? No. But, uh, but if you get into it, it could be that he's like, you know, I, I feel like when I'm talking to people now, I feel like I can empathize with them better than I used to be able to. That's huge. And that is an after effect of a near-death experience and a very common one. It would also be interesting to ask him if he's afraid of death because that is one of the most common after effects is that they're just no longer afraid to die. And uh, obviously if he doesn't know whether that's what that was or not, death, you know, him having left his body, then maybe he won't be so afraid or maybe he won't. Um, think of it as him having died, but rather just having some strange psychedelic experience. But, but uh, it's so characteristic of those who have had these kind of experiences that, that it's very possible that he no longer fears death. 
And um, anyway, so very good. Thank you for that email. Okay, here's an experience off of ions.org, which is quite cool. It's a fairly recent one. This was posted on the 19th of April, 2019. And this person says, I've never really discussed my near-death experience with anyone, yet I'm now telling more people about messages and insights. As one spirit recently said to me, you have been there, or you have been here, you understand. The experience seemed so intimate to me, yet it did impact the people I love and those close to me. It is now 23 years later, and I already celebrate, or and I recently celebrated my 60th birthday, uh, a defining birthday in so many ways. I retired two years ago, the impact being the distraction, busyness, and being tired from work is no longer a roadblock to my thoughts. From my early 20s, I had been seeing a psychiatrist or a cognitive therapist. Symptoms were being anxious, depressed, and experiencing panic attacks. My work had been my focus, my distraction from myself. It wasn't until I was in my early 30s, yes, 10 years later, that it was suggested to me that I needed to own the way I felt that resulted from never discussing a series of traumatic events from the age of 10 through 18. I didn't want to relive these experiences, yet I understood that sense had to be made of those events so I could move on. In my mid-30s, the depression was crippling. I was diagnosed with chronic PTSD. At times, I was stuck in the bedroom, circled up asleep. Soon, I, uh, I set a series of thoughts into action so I could be released from the crippling depressive tiredness and the depleted self-worth. I perceived that I had very little value to anyone. Suicide attempt. 24 hours later, I woke up in hospital in a ward of aged men, all of whom were near to passing over. I didn't understand. I felt energized and ready to go. I was met with a person full of anger who stormed off, and by 11 a.m. that morning, I was in a private psychiatric hospital. I was discharged four days later and commenced a new job a week later. My near-death experience occurred within the framework of those 24 hours. I recall clearly leaving my body, being surrounded by beautiful, mystical light, then being in conversation with three people. One was my maternal grandmother. It was clear that I was to return to my body. The effect was like I had been emotionally cleansed. I had clarity, perspective, and I felt energized. The effects of this experience I have always remained quiet about. Perhaps a mistake, as if my life impacted on my wife and children, four of them, and the broader family. I was divorced soon after, then came out as gay. This presented new challenges, yet I was convinced to not hide any more from anyone. I was soon living alone. I had a new job and was feeling very differently. 
I didn't understand why I was where I was. I accepted the decisions made for me. I knew deep down they were right. My family knew and lived with the emotional disturbed abuse survivor. It was time for the air to flow around us all. I believe that during my near-death experience, I confronted myself with the aid of spirits. I was given the choice to return or stay. I chose to return to complete what I needed to as a human in this lifetime. I could see what was behind me and could see, could, could see what is before me. A clarity that set me on my path. The truth was inside me. I became my intuitive, and then this person lists off the following uh, after effects, really. My intuitiveness became heightened more than I had ever experienced. Psychic events are now part of my day. Acutely wanting a simple, creative, dignified life, a heightened sense of beauty. I became less competitive rejecting of previous limitations in my life. Less stressed, more detached and objective. Highly curious. I appear more aloof, yet more accepting of others without judgment. Time seems to just flow more in the now. Making future plans, I consider a much bigger picture this was not always understood, separating my former life from the present one. Forgiveness became an essential for me to progress. My anger and depressed days are gone. A deep curiosity about esoteric and philosophical thoughts. I know I'm more than my body. I embrace the present life and beyond. Creativity is a must. Unusual sensitivity to light and sound and large groups. Attitudinal changes. I have changed my approach to health and healing, employment, finances, and relationships. More spiritually oriented and energetic lifestyle. And finally, the constant gazing upwards into the expansive blue sky. Also, the nights where the moon seems to speak. And then he finish, they finish up by saying, Now the effects of, of near-death experiences fascinate me and how we have moved forward. That is the end of the experience. I don't recall anything that specifically indicated whether this was a man or a woman. I'm going to say man um, just because there's a mention of being in a room with old men and I don't know if they would have put a young woman in a room with old men, maybe they would, I don't know, you know, it's, it's not much to go on, but we'll just, we'll just go with that. Um, and so he was a young man when he experienced this and, uh, and now he's older and, uh, it, it says it's now 23 years later and I recently celebrated my 60th birthday. I say young man because he was apparently in his thirties when it happened. And for me going on, 40 this year, um, that's young. <laughs> Many of you are probably much younger, but uh, anyway, very interesting. And I think this is a very applicable uh, 
experience to what we were discussing earlier about after effects. The, the after effects that this guy seems to experience are really expansive. I mean, curiosity, more artistic, more flow, time, you know, seems less important. A deep curiosity about esoteric and philosophical thoughts. Um, a sense of being more than his body. Uh, and this is one that I still don't get. I have no idea why it seems to be a thing, but it does. Unusual sensitivity to light and sound in large groups. Um, and, and, and that can be taken multiple ways. One, um, sometimes too much light or too much sound is just agitating to the person. That's common. But that's common in many injuries, uh, recovered injuries. And uh, maybe this is why, or maybe it's just a side effect of the injury. But the other side of sensitivity to light and sound is often discussed. And, and you're going to think this is weird if you've never heard of this. And I still think it's weird, but it's common enough that I, I can't just ignore it is electromagnetic sensitivity. The idea of walking into a room and the lights just blink off or a computer wigs out um, every time they use it or, you know, many describe, you know, if you go to a, an IONS conference, from what I've heard, I haven't been to one myself, but from what I've heard, you start talking to people, nobody's wearing watches because they just don't work. The, the batteries will be dead after a day of having it or or it'll just be wrong or different things like that. I don't know what that is. I, I What does the electromagnetic spectrum have to do with spirituality or increased spiritual sensitivity? I don't know. And is it something that's unique to near-death experiencers? I don't know. Could it be that anyone who's spiritually sensitive has this kind of thing and just a near-death experience brings them to that place much quicker, like they can suddenly see the difference in contrast to those who just have always had this or for several years as they became more spiritual and, you know, I don't know. Or, or is it something um, funny with the electromagnetic spectrum with spirituality? I don't know. It's, that's a weird one, but it is common. And it's common enough that I can't ignore it. I can't say that, oh, that's bogus, or what would that have to do with anything? It's not for me to say. I'm just a researcher. I can't, I can't make judgment calls on it, and I don't want to. I'm fascinated by it, honestly. I think it's so cool. I just have no idea why it would be. So, anyway, very interesting experience. If you would like to contact the podcast, either to share your own experience, ask a question, or to just make a comment, you can do so by either e emailing neardeathexperiencepodcast at gmail.com or by calling 970-NDE-CAST. You can also contribute to the podcast by either purchasing my book, Life in the Spirit World, or by becoming an ongoing monthly contributor by going to patreon.com slash NDEcast. And links to all of that can be found on our website, neardeathexperiencepodcast.org. And once again, thank you all of you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.